Welcome to Third World Gaming, and then this is our special Halloween special. Yes. <laughs> hey guys, uh, welcome to special Halloween episode where we'll be talking about different things, frightening and scary. Unfortunately, Paolo doesn't know most scary games, so we're now going to talk about monsters. Things are monstrous. Things that would want to eat you or other things. Yep, we're going to be talking about the history of monsters for games, from tabletop things to video games, starting from the simple skeleton, goblin, ghoul, all the way to the new frightening infected, the scary bioweapons and mascots. And abomin- an abomination grotesque is made out of so many different things. Things that will probably attempt to like mess with your mind. Otherwise known as ghouls. <laughs> well, that or that got that or Cthulhu. I don't think Cthulhu counts as uh, you know a monster for a video game. The they oh. they appeared in the video game. They made a video game around him, but they but you weren't playing as him. You were playing as a guy who went mad because I think last time I saw Cthulhu was in a uh, Scribble Nuts. There was a game called Call of Cthulhu, but I don't. Uh, it wasn't that well known of a game, but it existed. Scribble Nuts was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you went mad across the course of the game. So, yeah, there's that. All right, but, yeah, from the early on days of tabletop RPGs to the Atari 2600, even to the DOS games, the first monsters to ever really pop out were the skeletons, the goblins, ghouls, uh, vampires, Frankenstein's monster, uh, yeah. werewolves. Werewolves. Usual, you know, the stereotypical ghosts, some ghosts. spirits. Ghosts, certain spirits, devils, and demons, possessed, possessed individuals. Actually, mostly possessed items. There weren't many possessed individuals back no, in the day. On day, miss any possessed items like uh, flat, like attacking you with like uh, candlesticks, what about, plates, what about knives, what about swords? Evil, what about pe- what about people delving too much in the occult? No, in, in the, the early days, that really wasn't an enemy. Not even with And tabletop RPGs, they would appear, but warlocks are not possessions. Yeah, okay, fine, but, but dark stuff. Like a necromancy? Necromancy, warlock. The world of necromancy back in the day Necromancy was really... or fell magic. That's Jenny left to D&D. Oh, okay. And even in the D&D world, it was very uncommon to see a necromancer. Mainly because uh, it was very hard to RP and very hard for lots of people to use for scenarios that were not written by, well, the D&D books. Okay. Uh, back then, they used simply a skeleton, and skeleton then was very different from skeleton now in the sense that it was very simplistic, had no real thought pattern to itself, in, except in uh, D&D, where yes. the concept was, I'm going to hit you and run towards you, and that is it. Okay. And they were simply armed with maybe just swords or maybe no weapons whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the most that you would wear is like a weird hat or a helmet. Okay. Ghouls being the simple, like... Uh, Guys, they almost seemed like zombies, but they weren't looking for your brains. They were generally just trying to attack you. So basically, the zombie of old... So you're trying to say that's, that that basically is the zombie of old. Uh, zombies and ghouls are very different things. No, I mean, like, the, what what everybody was calling a zombie back in the day was considered a ghoul. Uh, basically, they still called the, a ghoul then. They never called the term... They never used the term zombie until the mid-90s. Okay, because, um, I'm, because, I'm, because I know for a fact a number of people still refer to... The uh, undead that are created via magic. Uh, wait, the undead via cre- created via magic as uh, zombies. Yeah, that's not entirely correct. I mean, it's something that everyone calls it, but uh, zombies, ghouls, the draugr, uh what is them? The revenants. These are all different things. They are very similar. The easiest one for me to tell apart is the lich. Oh yeah, revenants. Yeah, 
Uh, Liches and Revenants are about the same thing. That's the English version of them. Yeah. Then you have the Draugr. Even the wait, Wendigo, do, to wait, an extent, is do, a zombie. Do Revenants, you need a phyl- uh, phylactery? Yeah. Okay. So Revenants were simply were closer to what the English concept of a zombie was. But how we understand zombies nowadays is not really the reanimated dead, per se. But they are the dead brought back to life. Yeah. But in a more ghoulish state. But unlike ghouls, they had no real objective. They essentially tried to, you know, they were pushed on by very primal things such as hunger, anger, and such. Because, because ghouls were very objective-driven by the whoever created them. It, in that case, ghouls were pre- basically just resurrected things by some by any force as basically someone's personal pawns. Yeah, they were essentially the animate dead. On the other hand, I do know for a fact that in a number of cases there were. I do know for a number of cases that the creation of an undead did uh, form zombies in what you're trying to describe. It's just that the means in which they came they came back to the state was, well, magic. Yeah, again, those are genuinely known as animate dead. Because okay. like, the very first popular time the zombie came out would have been Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, which came out, uh, well, became popular in the mid-90s, so it came out earlier. Where there was no major explanation. Some said it was because of radioactive waves. Some said it was a satanic cult. Some said it was magic. Some said it was a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. But what people understood was it's the dead people coming back from, you know, the graves and they have no major goal except they're hungry. So basically it didn't matter the origin source. At that point, the origin didn't really matter. Yeah. Okay. And that's what we understood as the undead or zombie, even though the term zombie was actually never used then. Okay. Zombie came. I think the first time zombie came out when it was actually used for a title for the movie. Zombie. Okay. Or also from the Haitian culture of a zombie, which was uh, something brought back from dead to you know do the biddings of someone, which again is more common to ghoul. But how we use zombie now is very different from that. Okay. I mean, ghouls can be seen as supernatural things that sometimes have ungodly strength. Yeah. Which a zombie has no such thing. I mean, zombies are generally very breakable, whereas ghouls very, are not. Very breakable and are literally tied to what they are literally tied to the bod to the body that they are. Mm-hmm. That's why back in the day when the earlier games, seventies, eighties, D and D things, uh, the ghouls were prefer- ghouls were fairly popular because they were strong creatures. They could be very easy made in different areas. Uh, people could relate to them as being scary because they were essentially decomposing corpses that somehow had ungodly strength. Same with skeletons so and ba- proper media time being vampires. So basically, this would also. So basically, most of the most of the zombies that are uh, portrayed in magic would be counted as ghouls. Uh yeah, most of the things in the Magic: The Gathering, lots yeah. of them would be considered ghouls, animate deads, Draugr. My the only exception I th- I would even say that would exist in that case would be the would be the undead found in planes like Innistrad or. Or Grixis, as they as they came about, as af- as basically they just came about. They weren't they weren't brought back for a purpose. They just came back. They just came back and and roamed the world. Yeah, those would be the zombie or something or another way saying the risen dead. But yeah, that's yeah. a zombie. Yeah, when they had the purpose, they weren't really zombies. When they had the purpose or were being used, they were obviously controlled. So mean yeah. they were ghouls or animate deads. Just one question, though. In while we're still on the zombie on the uh, topic of risen dead zombies and ghouls, uh, it's with regards to liches, and as you mentioned, the the fact that revenants are pretty similar. Um, are they the only ones that are? Are they the only uh, zombies such ghouls to have uh, their sentience retained? No, uh, the Draugr themselves actually have their sentience. Same with the Wendigo. Uh... 
Even the Haitian zombie has some sort of concept to what it is. The zombie, like what we imagine the brainless zombie, is actually more of a Western concept. Okay. Uh, but as Romero's undead, uh, Romero zombies were considered more brainless until, well, you saw in the later parts in the 90s and onwards where they started getting some sort of more personhood. So when it came to games of that era, especially the ghouls, skeletons, and things, I think it's more reflective of what was the popular media at that time and what we understood. And it I so mean, happened to be Romero. Well, Romero's one of them. Ram Stoker was another. Uh, who did Frankenstein's monster at that point? I forgot. Uh, forgot well, who did the movie. But... At least with regards to, zom- to undead such zombies. Yeah, because uh, every time you see the vampire, it's very Bram Stokerish in how it was shown. Yes. Uh, the Frankenstein's monster was also a very common thing. Same with yeah. the werewolf, which I'm not sure where it came from. I just know the mo- movie is Wolfman. Okay. Mummies, skeletons, ghouls, uh, the zombie, what they want to think was, which was simply again more of a ghoul. Okay. But then you saw a change in the 80s and 90s where the monsters started getting a bit more, well, different. They probably, either they wanted to make them, either whether it was to make the monsters more believable or whether they wanted to take from a broader range of, uh, sor- of sources, of sources, because, um, actually if you go into the hit, into the myths, legends, and, uh, traditions and cultures of a number, of a number of places, they, they have a number of very legitimately scary things. Oh, like which ones did you, did you find scary in your childhood? Hmm. Which ones did I find scary in my childhood? Hmm. Basically, the idea of... Well, hmm. as far as something I considered scary back then was... A number of our... Well, as far as scary things or th- scary things in media, which one? Uh, well, games. Scary things in games. games. We are third world gaming. That is, hmm. Back when I was younger, yeah, I found scary. Mm-hmm. I'm. I know there was something. I just well for me, basically playing playing games in uh, back then. It was really the idea of playing games where the most of the setting was was dark, where I couldn't really see anything. Okay, so more of xenophobia, where the darkness was the end because you didn't know it's there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the darkness, well, the darkness became more prominent thing in the 90s. In the 80s, it was a very interesting change of monsters. Actually, because to be fair, by the time that we got to the HD era, I, well, it, either, either my, either my fear subsided or the greater draw distance and my fear subsiding mm. factored into that. Because in the 80s, lots of the monsters then were actually space or aliens. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of those more respects to, like, Star Trek was being big, Star Wars. Uh, I mean, we can't say the space race is big then, because space race back in 1969 and around that era. But essentially, you moved from the basic monsters to having almost alien-like things. You basically have the uh, your abductors, your War of the Worlds setups, your alien sleeper agents, uh, your alien sleeper agents, and those and other related things. Yeah, you that- had th- those things or almost whimsical things caused by like either mutations or things. They were not. They're very strange monsters, like uh, you had, well, yeah, the usual aliens, the greys, you had these strange reptilian ones, you had, like, living tentacles, you had... What about the fan... What about the... Fa- what about the fantasy monsters? When did they start getting some Oh, problems? fantasy monsters have always been a big thing. However, they've never been a big thing in main games, besides being the usual, you know, background monster, like, again, the ghoul, the vampire... But fancy monsters, I like to think, like, you know, the heavy use of dragons, mythologies, and Drag- things. Dragons, dragons, mytho- 
mythology. That came that... around the 90s. Oh, okay. Especially with Golden Axe, uh, where that became a very common thing where your monsters had more definition, had more character. Okay. And, of course, in the 90s, we saw the introduction of Doom. Ah, yes. Which brought on a whole different realm of monster, where you had things literally coming out of hell. From the depths of hell. They, these were basically demons from the depths of hell, which actually was also made interesting in the sense that these were demons from the depths of hell that also happened to be cyborgs. And again, I mean, this is reflective of the culture at that point where we wanted, you know, 90s, the gritty time, the gritty time period. Yeah, but the, the, but to be fair, you could have just done that with straight plain up, plain up, plain, uh, straight plain up demons, but you had, the, you had cyber demons. Cyber demons on Mars from hell, and you were, were you a space marine that time? Or were you an engineer? You, you were, were marine, a right? space marine. You were a space marine. Oh, yeah, engineer is the, Dead space. <laughs> You're a space marine who could run faster than rockets and punch through a demon's, uh, punch through a demon and grab his spine. Yep. I mean, that was an insane evolution of like how the monster came. You first you had the ghouls, then you had the space things, and essentially they kind of combined them both into yeah. some weird new monster. I and mean, I, even in Castle Wolfenstein, that. it had a more demoness-esque thing with a whole like space invaders type thing, even though they were not aliens per se. The design of them were obviously pushed in by the well, the monster that. I know this was even a more that I know that for a fact that I was that what you're trying to say about Wolfenstein was even more uh, was made more evident in the 2009 Wolfenstein game, where basically you had uh, where you had Nazis putting in in uh, certain like certain forbidden magics from a from an old a period of old, causing them to turn into these. uh, these energized monstrosities with glowing eyes, with glowing eyes and ungodly powers. Oh yeah, and well, in the that period we also saw the well Ghostbusters type monsters. We saw yeah. ghosts coming out again as a more uh, instinct enemy. Yeah, uh, spirits. Especially nineties was the time of the demons. Yeah, you had the eighties being the you know the Hollywood monsters, the nineties be the. I mean, seventies uh, being Hollywood monsters, eighties being a mix of them as well as well. So would you say the 90s had more occult? Uh, the 90s had a big a bit of occult just because I guess that was a dark, that's a very dark period. Okay. You had all this nice, well, I mean, the 90s again, I mean, from the TV shows to the movies, it was noir was the thing. Yeah. I mean, we had, look, the Batman animated series was that time. Yeah, the Batman animated series. So was things there. had to be dark. And how could you go wrong with the occult? Yeah, you can't. You really can't. In the 80s, it was the alien type thing. 90s was the occult. Then you had this strange period in the later 90s where the occult went into a, gave us the slow monsters. Hmm. Back in Doom, Doom monsters were not slow. Yeah. The 80s monsters were only a little, were not even slow. They were fairly fast, same with the 70s. But the later part of the 90s gave us the true zombie as we'd remember it for most movies. Okay. Especially with games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Though Silent Hill's things were not zombie-like, they were zombie in speed. Okay. They were genuinely slow. They were not exactly immediately a threat to you unless in larger groups. Okay. It started putting the idea that, you know, your enemy wasn't this god awful thing that could kill you so easily, but in greater numbers it could. Yeah. It started putting this fear in a different light. Okay. And that was a I found to be a very interesting change. I mean that point where I guess it also helped that lots of uh, computers at that point could render things a little better. So you your amount of enemies appearing on screen that yeah. were better graphically uh, they're rendered better. Though, funny enough, Resident Evil could only put so many zombies because of the rendering limitations of the PlayStation. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And Silent Hill, uh, the reason why their zombies and things were slow, 
and the reason why their iconic fog was a thing limitations was to yeah to draw distance they had really really horrible draw distance available on the playstation really horrible draw distance if you wanted to have it at play at a playable at a playable fame rate so what they did was they added the fog yeah which of course became very iconic to their entire series and i don't think can ever be removed from the series i don't think it ever can and, and that gave us wants to. that gave us the slow monsters and in great contrast with Monkey Stone Monsters, they had the super fast monsters. In Resident Evil, you had the Lickers, the Dogs, the Hunters. Yeah. In, Resident, in Silent Hill, you had the, well, you had the weird demon dog-like things. You had also certain bosses. Essentially, to give this weird contest, either you felt a little safe or just take you know, everything away from you. Yeah. Then you had Fatal Frame that time, which also dipped deeply into the occult. Yes. And a little weird factoid on that thing is the reason why the cameras were used to fight the ghost. In case you don't know, Fatal Frame is a game where you are a photographer type person who uh, were able to defeat ghosts using camera. This came from the old idea that cameras stole the person's soul or their essence. Okay. So that's why it was used as a weapon. Okay. But that game also had an interesting use of how it used their ghosts was, yeah, cameras a weapon. And the best effects came from letting them come closer. Where most games you want to keep enemies at distance, this game forced you to bring them close. Yes. Which again brought another realm of how these monsters are evolving. They had to become far more detailed. Because you imagine like they had fighting... to be far more interesting. I'd also oh, yeah. say because because um, basically putting them into into the standard into the uh, standards of what a monster was back in the day, the best solution you had was keeping them at a distance and ensuring that they fell to you. They fell to you before they could ever get close or or swarm you. Or they went so quickly you could not really appreciate any detail to them. Yeah. Or any, you know, story built around them. And it, and for dealing with them, you just have to, you need to have good good awareness and good reflexes. Then the 2000s came where monsters suddenly had more personality. I mean, I found this most true in Devil May Cry. Yeah. Where these monsters actually had a bit more life to them already. Yeah. Devil May Cry had Dante's, Dante's Inferno, even though it was kind of a weird game. Yeah, uh, it was monsters suddenly started having game. a very big personality. Then they could yeah. be identified as being, you know, real things, not simply fodder for you to defeat. It helped Dante's Inferno, oh, by the fact that the source material they went to did constantly refer to actual living people. So the idea for the guys behind the game was simply to to like make monstrous re uh, monstrous exaggerations of the people. Of these people and the, how they were described in the books. Granted, granted, I consider the game quite. Granted, I consider the game questionable in a number of other aspects. But I'm going. I'll. I'll probably write my own critique some other time. Actually, so would you say in the 2000s period the monster was us? Yes or no? Oh, can you uh, enlighten us? Why do you say that? Yes, because in a number of respects, that's what that was the. In a number of respects, that's actually what the premise. Of of some of these games, what that's what actually what the premise of a number of games would make you realize. Granted, mo- I mean the eighties, seventies, and nineties. The, 90- the monster was never us. No, no, we I say hero. I say yes and no because yes, because in a number of ca- in a number of of no quite notable cases, the origins of a number of monsters in a number of recent games were humans that decided to either go to an extreme or decide to sell their souls both figuratively and literally okay and in another and in another case uh bringing up a game that we talked about quite a quite a bit in a previous episode spec ops the line mm-hmm. brought that up brought that up yeah. the monster is you apart from apart from you know, apart from 
the apart from also the kind of de- the kind of uh the kind of deconstructionist aspect it had towards like you know making the play the players of FP- fps game games feel or the uh the potential aspects of obsession that the game dealt with but then again going back to that there are also a number of games that also de- a number of games that also deal with some of these aspects of ambition of uh, excessive ambition self desire or obsession also put that put that into perspective that people can be their own can be their own greatest monsters we're not like talking about a human being a monster to everyone else we're talking mm-hmm. about you being your own monster for yourself mm-hmm. basically your own greatest fear is you oh yeah and in the other case i say no because there are also a lot of other games where the aspect is either one you are fighting these monstrosities Two, you are resisting becoming one of these monstrosities, where basically your choice is either to become or so to become to or become the humanity. Well, either beca- to either become an exemplar of humanity or to lose yourself to bes- to these bespoke emotions. Three, basically a more standard experience where you're literally just hunting down the monsters for whatever mundane, for whatever whatever simple or or elaborate reason. And four, because a lot in a lot of the games, the main ca- the main character is usually portrayed as either fighting fi- fighting against or fighting like fighting against these monsters, whether be whether that be his goal or whether that be whether that be the circumstance he's simply placed in. Actually, were you talking about like the fight like uh, personifications and things? Yeah, I actually remember this heavily in Silent Hill. Well, even in Dead Space, where lots of the monsters were a reflection of the human, of well, the human condition, mindsets, fears. Essentially, were reflected even the main character, what he feared. That's why you see like the nurse showing a storm of repressed, uh, repressed sexuality. Yeah, and you see the other things being the tired monsters showing his restriction and his feeling of well, apathy towards everything around him. Okay. Then you see in games like Dead Space where you really had really, really strange... I found the Dead Space monsters really, like, frightening to me. They were very unusual. I won't... I, that, I usually just class them the as... The Xenomorphs, I believe? Uh, no, the Xenomorphs are, the, are aliens. I think they were... Weren't they called Xenomorphs as well in Dead Space? Or were they called Xeno something? Well, yeah, they were Xeno, Xenomorphs. Well, no, I recall... Necromorphs. Necromorphs. Because, the Zeno, because xenomorphs are the things an alien. Okay, there we go. Necromorphs. Well, the word morph was there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those things I found interesting, and I guess that ties into your concept of trying to fu- trying to maintain your humanity. Because Dead Space had that heavy idea of trying to maintain your humanity. Well, there. And I'd it say, also gave you a very interesting protagonist who was not a marine; he was an engineer. I'd actually say that the thing there was to maintain your sanity, not to lose yourself to, not to lose yourself in the madness of it all. Which is a really interesting period for the 2000s where... Remember how the 2000s started with the Y2K? Yeah. Where you had the whole concept of madness and fighting your person. Yeah. And even up to 2012, which was, again, another thing of fighting off, like, this... Trying to maintain your Matthew point of, well, everything ending. Heck, the okay. year 2000, the entire period of year 2000, which was filled with war, terrorism, and other things, Two- seemed to show off more year the two- human condition. Year 2000... I- I'd say in particular year 2000 to year 2005... Every, and the way I see it, everything else that followed afterwards hap- happened largely because of some of the things that happened between there. Oh, yeah. I mean, even when it comes to new survival games like uh, Last of Us, 
which had more of a well doomsday period versus Resident Evils. Well, there was a they had their infested. They had their infested in uh, the Last of Us, yes, but that felt less and less like what the what the actual. Uh, what the actual cons- major uh, emphasis of the game was. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, not the game there. I mean, the monster there yeah. wasn't really infected. The monster there, honestly, in Last of Us, I found were other people versus yeah. being the monsters. No, no. The infested were basically new animals. The same way I found, uh, have you tried a rust? No. Rust or I the, uh, Arma zombie, like the zombie mod for Arma? In the. Daisy. I, I know for a fact that in Daisy, your worst concern, your concern is never, is never the, never the undead, never the undead thing trying to eat you, but potentially other next, survivors. <laughs> basically, the next human being you meet, which is something I really found interesting in the two thousands period. And but the funny part is, as the year, as the that decade is going away, and we're entering twenty ten onwards. Yeah, we're seeing a very interesting switch again with the monsters. Okay. Because uh near the near the M twenty ten onwards we had the introduction of Slenderman. Yes. Now Slenderman honestly I found to be one of the weirdest monsters ever presented. Yeah. Simply because you know, I've never seen a monster in a suit with long arms and no face. Yeah. Very unusual. And I mean in itself, Slenderman is not frightening. Yes. I mean I've seen the pictures and no matter what scary pictures people try to post up of it, it's just not the problem, the problem there is that the pictures oh gosh, this isn't scary. The, arguably though. The experience can be. And that's what I found interesting. That again, the monster was not being the monster in this game. The evolution from, you know, the ghoulish thing came from something that's really just the mind of the person. So in Slender S- was scary because you f- declared him in your brain or your mind, essentially, that he is a scary being. He was a representation of the end, a representation of fear, even that, though he that, himself was an empty figure that or you ac- that or you accepted what others thought about Slenderman. oh yeah essentially i guess hysteria might be a thing there yeah which that, again is also a nice spirit of this that uh, de- of this decade I mean, we have hysteria when it came to though to be fair i like though to be fair in some aspects this seems pretty interesting considering that means that we have have uh, more avenues for potential monsters i for example like the idea that in outlast everyone everything that's a threat to you is basically a psychotic human being and not the undead. Well, because I guess that's how it's going on with New Days where enemies seem to be other people. And because yeah, I mean, what we does... learned was in the, well, the decade before, people are monsters. And then later on, I mean, we were the monster and now we are scared of everyone else because we know we are the monster. To, wh- to which I then say that I also like uh, out- I also like Outlast for another thing. Yes, people can be the monsters, but at the same time, it also clearly and properly defines that. Mm. Between the psychopath and the non-psychopath? Yeah. But even that one, the concept of the psychopath versus the non-psychopath, I found that to be that line to actually be blurred with some sandbox games. A good example is GTA. In- where you have, essentially you do have the mental state meter, yeah. which essentially should declare people psychopaths and non-psychopaths. Yeah. Yet, you see some people who would be declared psychopaths not actually threats to you. Yeah. And you see people who are deemed non-psychopaths by the game as heavy th- threats to you. Who are threats. But then at that point I really that at that point I really think that comes down to personal agency with what he does with his capabilities. Mm. But again, I mean doesn't that also shows again that lots of uh, game developers, I think even now, even the indie developers found 
a very easy I mean, monster in one's own mind. To be fair, yes, but at the same time, this also did another thing for the people who still make games around your sta- around around monsters such as well, basically the basically your werewolves, your dra- your werewolves, yeah. your dragons, and whatnot. They this this pretty much forced this pretty much made those guys create more interesting, more elaborate designs for the monsters. Oh, I true. I see things now. I see things now out of vampires, out of demons, dragons, griffins, and whatnot. I see things that are either that are more monstrous. They're either more monstrous, more extreme, more violent, and at times more frightening and more disgusting and more and more uh, shocking now than I used than I would have ever seen before. Or I mean, for example, every boss in a dark so in a Dark Souls game. A lot of the, a lot of the bosses in games like Dark Souls and Soul Sacrifices, they do tend to have their bases around th- around your standard horror or fantasy monsters, but they tend to make a twist by whether it be in the lore or their design to make them more grotesque or to ma- to make them more more grotesque or to make them more ominous or violent. Okay, I mean in the grotesque thing, what I know to that is they're having they seem to have more human features or distorted human features versus very. Uh, animalistic things well, that or they have features that basically blur that basically blur the that basically make you question whether they're actually alive mm. like these things that are supposed to be that these things that are clearly not undead but they look like they but they look like they've just risen from a grave oh yeah i mean have you played saw the game catherine i've heard of it uh, it's a yes. really weird puzzle yes, I game remember i remember that game change, change game but even the monsters there they were very human in design because they were because they were meant to be representations of what was going on in the mind of in the mind of the guy you were playing as mm. but then if you look back in the 90s or the 80s if they did the same thing they would simply place like a mon- an scary monster versus anything human like they would, they would simply place a border a very distinct line between these are monsters and these are people because monsters bad people good now it's this weird it's blurred sim- thing because back in the eighties they went with a they went with something that was they, back in the eighties I'd say that they were focusing more on the on these more unusual things on these more unusual things because oh, back then if it's different kill it basically the idea was simple create something unusual and and eye catching and then and this should catch people's interest yeah I guess that does make sense there but back. Because this was also because I'd argue that it was around this time where ma- where the mass media was truly getting out to the masses. I mean, mass media was coming out mass even earlier. Yeah, but but, uh... but as far as entertainment was, oh concerned, yeah, especially with video games, I think. Well, not well, not well with video games. It was actually starting to really come out. But I'd say this was also. But I'd also say this like like a certain kind of diversification was happening after, after basic at around the the seventies and eighties, like. Basically, after basically, af- basically, it's the era after, it's the era after the era that preceded the war, mm. essentially. Because I'd assume, I'd assume, I'd assume that by then you'd have a number, you'd have them basically dealing with entertainment or entertain with a movie or show concepts that were now starting to delve away from topics that were either base that were either very much related to the related to the war or were pretty much doing their best to ensure that they didn't touch anything related to it. Oh yeah, you make a good point there because well not unlike today where 
well, making video games about the current or ongoing conflicts, yeah, it's actually fairly acceptable as long as you don't make direct uh, references to certain areas, like uh, that fal- game, that uh, FPS game called Fallujah, which was uh, canned, I think, in three months. Heck, um, heck, Apple actually denied actually denied the uh, the license for the people who were planning to make a game about the Syrian protests. Because of the, because of the, because solely because of the political nature of it. True, and I, I guess that also did influence how much I mean, like you said, in the eighties and the seventies, where that was near the end of that was the end of Vietnam. The eighties, it was still fairly fresh in the minds of people. So any sort of monster, I mean, besides Metal Gear Solid, I don't remember that much things relating to it. Even Contra, which was popular at that time, you weren't fighting people. You were fighting robots. Yep, you wanted and a aliens. clear definition to who the bad person was. Yeah. Which makes sense that period because Vietnam kind of killed the romance of war, where suddenly your side or their side didn't seem as good or as bad as you wanted them to be portrayed. Yeah. So in a video game, having a very distinct, oh, these are monsters, aliens, uh, a- uh, such, you're okay with attacking them. Yeah. Whereas in the 90s, you had that grittiness where you tried to have this more evil thing. I mean, the Nazis were essentially, you know, you can always kill a Nazi, it's fine. Yeah. And then you had, like, the, that point was part of the end of the Cold War where Russians were considered enemies. Yeah. Uh, they became more human. But I guess going back to the most recent games, it's interesting how the current monsters, in, honestly, in all design, are fairly stupid. I mean, the big game that everyone's been talking about was Five Nights at Freddy's, Freddy's, which you are essentially going against animatronic Mascots. Mascots. I mean, sure, they can look scary. They're like, oh, this one has blood coming out. Oh, this one looks frightening. The Golden Freddy is a scary, lifeless thing or whatever. Or there's some something that looks really creepy or whatnot. But in the end, what they do to you is jump scares. They're the, not really... The problem I see here is something you actually... Is also something that you brought up with Sunderman. The... In this case, when you try to, when you try to consider these people as horror figures, you're really looking at perceived horror. Yeah. You mentioned, as you mentioned, it was basically... Not so much what they are, but more what you thought of them. Basically, they're being considered scary by more people because more people are passing on their oh, yeah, their pers- hysteria, their hysteria and perception to others, and are just taking it in as opposed to as opposed to digging deeper. Yeah, I mean, when I played Five Nights at Freddy's, I honestly did not find it to be a scary game. Mainly because I mean, as much as I hear people talking about it as a game itself, it seemed to be very empty. Same with Slenderman. Besides the use of audio cues. Not the most frightening thing. Somehow, However, somehow I'm starting to think we should, we might, we should probably consider doing some let's plays of these games with the with, with the, the twi- face cam, <laughs> with the face cam, and with the twist that we're not getting scared. Oh yeah, and the special Halloween announcement: we have our capture cards. Yay! Yay. I still need to fix my uh, capture. I still have a capture issue with the PS3 though. But we'll save that for the off tangent. Yeah. Right now, uh, we want to hear what you guys think. Uh, how do you think the monster evolved? Do you, which ones do you prefer? The 70s, you know, the stereotypical monster 70s, the 80s, very clear distinction of alien bad, monster bad, do you want, people good. Do you want your monsters more, com- do you want your monsters more, more deep or complicated or you just want your monsters to be, si- to be simple beating sticks? Or are you actually enjoying the fact that the real monster comes from with, within you and could within com- your mind? Could come from within you or could could come from within you and your duty may instead to be to ensure that you become that you do become the complete opposite of it. So let us know what you think in the comments and be sure to catch the uh, Bodega Knights, TWL, otherwise known as Third World Linux, the Sunstar Podcast, and of course the other shows of Third World Gaming. Yes, which shall be coming up in, well, pretty soon. Thank you.
and if you got to this point, welcome to the off tangent section with special guests David and Jao. Hey. hey. Yeah, off tangent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so guys, we've been talking about monsters. How about you? What's your favorite monster? A bit like uh, what do you think we've been talking about? You know, the monster within. I would actually, yeah. <laughs> the monster within. If I were to think of a monster that would defy all monsters, it's still the dragon, dude. Sorry. Like but. when you say, I mean, actually, it's amazing. When people say dragon, what are you referring to? Because there's a whole bunch of dragons. Exactly. Uh, so the, many guns. Wyverns exactly. were. Wyvern, those the Chinese serpent dragons, and uh, your standard, your standard uh, Western fantasy dragons, and they're portrayed in different lights. Actually, that's exactly the point. The dragon by itself is a whole mass of different types of monsters. They, you can be so creative with it. You can create so many things with it that uh, basically it has an unlimited potential yeah. to be a monster. I I, I can test that. Um, uh, dragons aren't like unlimited by definition. They're actually. Uh, Dragons are grounded in reality, in so far as uh, there's this theory out there. Like the 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 question was posed: What did the ancients think when they saw fossils and dinosaur bones? I'm pretty sure they'd be thinking dragons, just because they right. would assume it has been dead, you know, a few months ago versus you know right? millions so, of years or such. So, like, if you happen upon like the neck of a Brachiosaurus or something, like you would think dragon. Yeah, and every culture had one, meaning that you know the only thing reunion from among all of them is the fact that, well, there were dinosaurs. So we're virtually limitless, with the exception of well, the only limitation that we have is they have to look like dinosaurs. That or they had to be in that that or a number of depictions of dragons are actually based on the perception that of certain cultures about reptiles. Like for example, Norm, be sure you kill and eat things with that crocodile, okay? Moving on. Um, but yeah, dragons are pretty cool though. Eat yeah. things. <laughs> Eat things. Uh, basically, in almost every video game I've seen, that no, no, fantasy fine. No, based, can... there's one version yeah. of a dragon or another. Yeah. And, and uh, they usually end up as the hardest thing to kill or hardest thing to fight. Or if you're in Final Fantasy, they become your summons. Yeah. Mm. Like well, Bahamut. You still, have, you still have to kill the them. The space for, dragon. You still have to defeat it first before you get to summon it. Or the uh, not all the time. Do, do dragons count as monsters in this regard? Uh, well, that like, one's actually under your definition. Monsters are a very hard thing because uh, back in like back in the eighties, all the way seventies uh, and eighties, they would just be monsters. However, you look at the newer games from the <laughs> past two thousands, where like a good example is Skyrim, where dragons are not per se monsters. They are actually have their own identities. They have their peoplehood in a sense. Oh, so so it's, it's like personhood. Yeah. Okay. But if you look at it in that regard, you also mentioned before that the monster has evolved when it's actually even gaining a sense of personhood. True, but uh, the yeah, difference yeah, yeah. between the person of the dragon versus like something like, to say, what we put the Slenderman. Slenderman has no personhood in a sense. I mean, there's really no personality whatsoever or any visible sentience versus the dragons who have their own thing going on with them. The reason the Slenderman is for us as a monster because he is, a pers- he's, well... Uh, personification of my, uh, VR. I, I have my. Okay, oh, we were talking about this over dinner, so like Miko's leading us into this. <laughs> yeah, because we at Channel 14, we like to show our seams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we like the whole full disclosure thing. Open source! Um, <laughs> we were having dinner, like I, I, was, I was listening to Miko and Paolo record, right? So these are my theories on monsters. Um, it is pretty much like society's greatest fear, right? Mm-hmm. So, like Godzilla, for example, is a monster was born of the fear of nuclear, like, war, right? Like the nuclear fallout, etc., creates this monster. 
So the explanation for zombies is like we we fear losing our individuality and becoming part of like this nameless mass of humanity, um, overpopulation, etc. Like that's what um, zombies represent, and that's a very like twenty first century sort of fear. Um, I would think that Slenderman, in a way, is not necessarily the fear of us, but the fear of losing who we are. Uh, so say like, because like he's a he has no face. Yeah, and he is in a suit, right? So that's like, um, that is that that is like becoming one of those corporate drones that is part of the nameless, faceless mass that is um, contemporary humanity. Corporate zombies. Ah, the fear of every man, eight to five, <laughs> six days a week. Or, but then you know, at, at Norm has same. no such fear. Could be worse. Could be eight yeah. to could be eight to six, six times a week. It's like just one extra hour more, but yeah. No, and an extra day. I did say six times a week. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll talk to you guys about that law next year. <laughs> what? That's when we take up labor. Oh, okay. So are you saying that essentially now, dragons are not really monsters? Well, right now, because dragons, even in more, more common media, especially you remember Brave, how was it, uh, Dragonheart? Mm. Where, the, where the dragons finally could have a speaking line and was seen to have, oh, you actually have thoughts and desires and beyond what we imagine of being this bloodthirsty, fire-breathing monster who will eat me because I'm trying to take your stuff. Well, one example to say is that monst- the dragons are still considered monsters are ex- well, actually is a more literal version. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is a game re- uh, that basically focuses on destroying and capturing and probably eating or selling different monsters. Not ca- cannot ca- capturing is, the re- is a rare thing to do. Yeah. It's mostly killing. Yes, but the whole point is Dragons, they still consider it as a type of monster. True, but that's also going to say like Pokemon. Mm. Uh, these are also monsters, but you can see that they seem to have their own individuality and some who can speak, such as Mewtwo well, or even Mew. It's not part of the monster. Maybe you see it's well, monster because they're non-humans. Well, the, the thing with um, like what, what I was going, what I was getting at with the monster mm-hmm. thing is something that I, something that I see as common throughout all mm-hmm. monsters. Is that they all seem to have a sense of personhood, mm. right? Or there, there's some sort of identity. Mm. Whereas, like, it's, it's it's the distinction between a monster and a beast. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, like, would you consider the dragon a monster or a beast? Depends, really. I mean, there's it some would that depend work. on the case. It for me, I need to I, for me to identify as a as a beast. I'd have to see if it is essentially just an animal. But for me to yeah, identify as instinctual nature, for me to identify as a monster, I would have to be able to identify s- some aspect of you, some aspect of the thing that makes it. S- I won't say sentient, but something, something that re- that um is close to a shred of sentience. I mean if we look at like uh, evolution which had that weird dragon like thing and we look at like some other mythos that had dragons be fire breathing or ice breathing, we consider them almost beast like. But then you really. have things like a uh, Parthenax, then you have Bravehearts Dragon, Smog, or even Mushu of all things. Yeah. <laughs> How to train your dragon, that's what I was going for. Oh hiccup, yeah. Uh, hiccup basically, dragon. basically in the same uh, way toothless. as Pokemon. In that sense, but even toothless though, I would rec- I would actually call toothless more of a beast than personhood, just because he acts more like an animal than he does anything with a personhood. Mm, with like exception maybe the yeah, yeah. larger great dragons that seem to have more individuality to them, but the smaller ones seem more beast-like. Right, so to the pedantic people out there, because I know you're out there, 
Um, when we mean personhood, we don't mean humanity. <laughs> yes, we're probably we're referring all human grads. So yeah, we're probably yeah. referring to I don't know. Would would referring to sentience be what we're trying to refer well, to, or we're, something we're, else? Personality. Personality. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, we're we're looking at personality because like Godzilla does not have. Um, arguably, Godzilla didn't have sentience in his original. Um, Incarnation. No, like, he was, it was ma- only eventually that. No, in fact, no, no. In fact, his initial appearance, his initial appearance, they made that they were trying to pass him off as a force of nature. Right, but then he was sort of distinctly, um, he was savior of children. <laughs> but he, he had his like, he had a personality. Yeah, yeah. Right, as Godzilla, so that elevated him to the level of monster, be like beyond the mere beast. Yeah. Okay. So there, that's that's just a thought. Okay. Just spitball in here, y'all. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, the whole idea of how, how monsters, I mean, we even talked about further on how monsters evolved to what they were. As, yes, Zhao said there's any reflection, or we put up the reflections of society. And also, Zhao put up and during our talk was, it's what we fear. The monster is what we fear. And back in the 70s and 80s, where, you know, our fears were Jenny, if it wasn't the Cold War or Vietnam, it was, well, Hollywood media. And back then, the popular things were the Wolfman, Frankenstein's monster, mummy, skeletons, the basic ghouls. Mm. Until you hit the nineties, which were a grittiness to it, and the gritty thing then was the occult. Yeah, that's that's um, like like remember when the the whole Satanism scare came yeah. came out, right? So like the monsters <laughs> of that, yeah, were born of that sort of we found a slaughtered goat in the middle of a pentagram, like <laughs> okay, uh. man, that was a wild night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's any effects in the 2000s period when we saw. Well, that was the height of you know the beginning of the war on terrorism, as well as other bits of hysteria, and you saw a change also of the monster then, which was more human-like, and since that we could relate to it, and since he was a uh, disfigured or ah, uh, what's a nice another way to say is a monster that reminds us of us, reminds us of us, but yeah, was just yeah. completely but falls just short of humanity. Yeah, vampires. Yeah. Oh. I'm yeah, sorry, the vampires of 2000, the only one I remember was Twilight because it was so horrible. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> or is that like, uh, maybe that's a monster we can look at too? <laughs> actually, right now, there's a better version. I haven't watched the movie, but I actually want to. Oh, uh, Dracula. Yeah. yeah. This is pretty good. I mean, I, I want what, to watch the new that. Dr- the new Dracula? Yeah. The one that released um, like a week it ago? awesome. It's basically put Dracula into a different perspective. I don't okay. think it'll work, but hey, why not? It basically made him, the, the point of him taking in... Uh, vampiric qualities was actually a point of him trying to save his well his city his country and his family so, so was it Count Dracul turned Dracula no he was already oh. labeled as Dracula I don't oh, really okay. understand it we'll find out if I watch son of Dracul okay ah <laughs> <laughs> if Alucard popped out that'd be amusing <laughs> but well, yeah considering I mean, the fact that he has a son there well <laughs> and yeah I mean again going to the most recent monsters I mean like again the ones I keep hearing about to see when you look at Let's Plays other things online it's Five Nights at Freddy mm-hmm. which again it's honestly a fairly boring game right and the feeling of fear I get out of it is being helpless uh, the fact that you're putting fear just because you've seen everyone else play it and you see how they react so you're kind of getting ready for that scare oh, and I yeah. guess the fact that just the sound the audio cues which I find always to be a big cheat when it comes to Western media mm-hmm. is the audio cue cheats. Mm-hmm. Especially with movies where, you know, they set the music and everything then just shock you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, shock, shock games. So not even shock games. Even even Western culture has to do that with music. Ah. I mean, look at their ring compared to Japanese ring. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Wreck. Yeah. That one was. It's got. It's got to be used properly. Yeah. It's like the way you the, the way you use uh, sound versus silence. Mm. Um. In in terms of. Uh, what's it? In terms of how to get a scare, like if it's done well, it's done really well, and it has to it has to work well with the visual element. So, oh, yeah. say that old um, I, I I absolutely forgot what it's called, but like you have that rising sort of music, and then all of a sudden it's silent, and then something happens. Yeah, yeah. Like if if that's done properly, then true. But I find it be like, cheating because it's setting up your emotions. Yeah. Versus when you see, let's say, like Korean, Japanese, or Chinese film where. Essentially, what they go is, it's all normal, then evil happens. Mm, yeah. <laughs> kind of like yeah. the other side I enjoy, but I think Stephen King stuff was, it's normal, then evil happens sort of thing. Yeah. That's kind of what I found chilling, because after the movie, you're still afraid. Mm. Because real life doesn't have a soundtrack. Real life doesn't have these audio cues. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But you I can see, see that thing just happen. And that's why I appreciate some games also where, at least when you see the new monsters, it's something that you can find more scary because we see it in real life. We yeah. see that whole concept. I mean, sure, we might not see animatronics. Sure, we might not see, you know, the Slender Man everywhere. But that fear is true. And it's more reflective of what we are. First, the monsters of the 80s, 70s, and even the 90s, which were just scary-looking things. Well, I, I, I feel the need to defend scoring. Because, like, that's that's my discipline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you notice the score... I like the videos, so, you know. But if, if you notice the score, it's a bad score. Right, so it's it's always got to be like subtle, and it always has to be subservient to the visual element. Mm. So, like if you're noticing, uh, if you're noticing the music, then it is a poorly scored movie. So, like, yes, it might be a cheat, but I'd lo- it, it becomes a cheat if it's poorly done. Mm. If it's done properly, it becomes a tool. I still agree with that, especially with Silent Tale, which uses a radio. Because it's a noise you can actually interact with in real life. Like, that's why I liked mm-hmm. about this. You can hear static. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I didn't appreciate, I guess, with like, Slender Man is... Uh, there was a static aspect to it, which I enjoyed. But then you hear like the weird noises that just made no sense. Like the foley of the bells, the yeah, weird yeah, yeah. like, like uh, No, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I enjoyed the whole sensation of the audio equipment messing up. Yeah. Because I can see that happening in real life. That would scare me if I'm going out there and then my radio starts crackling. I would be freaked out by that. Yeah, like, um, but, but looking but at it, I would it, be like, freaked out by a re- sudden foley popping out. <laughs> yeah. Like in terms of movies, though, like if you have like that single shrill violin in the background mm-hmm. while you have like uh, the the footsteps and you know the wind and crickets, right? Like that violin shouldn't be noticed, but should be felt, unless you're. Um, unless you're specifically looking out for the score. Oh, okay. Like you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, at least, or at least that's how a good score should be. I think even the monsters, the movies then, like uh, Jurassic Park was the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it was just monsters we could really like see. I mean, dinosaurs were, I guess, the monster at some point, even though they were pretty damn cool. Yeah, they <laughs> are. <were> dragons. <laughs> Yeah, actually, though, when it comes to the aspect of them being monsters, I guess it also depends on the age of the person. I mm. mean, during uh, 
during the time when we were younger, we watched <laughs> Jurassic Park. Heck, I was afraid. I was scared of that T-Rex. But right now, I'm like, damn, that's an awesome piece of work. <laughs> I think all of us were like scared of T-Rexes at one point in our lives. I wasn't. <laughs> like when I saw the T Rex, I like I was there to see the T Rex when I was a little kid. Paulo Zaxel, everybody. <laughs> I do not fear the dragon. I do not feel the T Rex. No, like fears me. No, I, like I want it. Like I want to. Like I don't know. It's like something. Like I want to get a game where I'm the T Rex. I mean, like say like <laughs> like the idea of there is a game out like that right now. Yes, there is. Like, I guess it's a different type of like fear that you get though from like the beast. Or the monster, as opposed to, say, like, your sort of creepy... It's, it's the creepy versus the, like, oh my god, let's run. Mm. You know? It's like, um... It's like you have... Like, when you, see a, when you see a T-Rex, like, right in front of you, that is triggering the fight-or-flight response. Yeah. Right? So that's, like, the... the that, that, that's one type of scare. The other type of scare is not sure whether you're going to have your fight or flight response. Triggered. Oh yeah, that anxiety. Yeah, up. that's it. That that's like the, the they term it as like the monster under the bed that you know might that 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 you know could be there, as opposed to like the full frontal of the monster in. Actually, first, I actually prefer seeing the full frontal monster versus the under the bed because. Yeah, that uncertainty really is right. Like that's yeah. that's that's the that's the stuff of the best horror movies. I mean, just come out, just come out. I'll take you on. First off, uh, one thing about horror, especially horror movies, one of the worst I would say is still Psycho. Why? I know because there I spent most around. You stayed away from showers all day. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't close the light. I couldn't even bear to stay in the bathroom without the door open. Until I was eight. <laughs> well, to be fair, you were younger then. <laughs> I was scared, Chucky. I think we all were, Paolo. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. And I, and to be fair, it's like, and to be fair, it's like with uh, Freddy, with like uh, Freddy well, Jason. No, no, not so much Freddy, but more so, more so Jason. It's like, it's like okay, try to sleep then me in bed. While, I was scared, I tried Freddy. To I actually enjoyed Jason. I yeah. found to be a very misunderstood monster. <laughs> I mean, he was just, you know, a very, very virtuous monster type thing. I, I think, like, the difference between Freddy and Jason is the same the same distinction as the monster under your bed and the dinosaur. Granted, because, that was when I was younger. Because because Jason is, is the guy that's, like, right up there and... Yeah, he does his thing. Yeah. yeah. And whereas Freddy is like, I don't want to go to sleep. Oh yeah, and then you have these weird hallucinations in the movie where you just fell asleep. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, I don't know. Well, you have to look at the movie. There was a Freddy vs. Jason movie, and Jason did win. Uh, yeah. That's actually debatable, because Freddy was still alive. <laughs> yeah. But I am a big Jason fan, so I'd say Jason won. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah I have to root for Jason. I'm, so, I'm sorry, it's like, I'm, I, I, vote, I vote for his camp. And plus, you know, he seems to be more... I find to be more a good guy, like a misunderstood good guy. Kind of like the Punisher, sort of. So... I mean, he's a very, very messed up Punisher in a sense. We didn't talk about the okay. Punisher in our uh, comic book podcast. He needs yeah, to have a movie. Yeah, that would have been a do- long, dark road. <laughs> then you have to talk about Frank and Punisher. Frank uh, Castle and... You know, Frank and Frank Castle. Frank Castle. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, no. Let's not go there, please. <laughs> well, I mean, he's kind of like a more, you know, 
messed up Batman for me. Fra- Frankencastle is mm. essentially he's actually he's Batman's dad essentially. Wouldn't he be Jason? Wouldn't he technically be Jason with guns? Actually, again, that was shown that Jason couldn't couldn't keep a light towards uh, Castle. You know, if this if this off yeah. tangent goes on long enough, I'm releasing this as the Bodega Knights Halloween special. <laughs>